Do you like your dogs hot or raw? Schisms form in the league as the haves and have-nots make themselves known. One newcomer rises while the other plums the depths. Is there enough time to turn things around? Or do I hear the sound of tanks off in the distance? There's only one way to find out. This is Don't Fear the Keeper. Hello, and welcome. Uh, As you just heard, uh, this is Don't Fear the Keeper, and I am Diesel, uh, joined today by the commish, the the lone mainstay of the pod this season. Uh, Welcome, Chuck. Um, it's, it's, it's okay to be here. As I've said a couple times yeah. already, uh, it's okay to be here. I've been better, but, but we're here and we got to do it for the people. This is a rare time where I'm not reveling at all in like, usually when something really Browns dish happens, I kind of like think it's funny. It's, this it's is usually, a rare it is, time. It, it usually is yeah. very funny. Uh, yeah, this honest, one wasn't, but. Um, no, it was not. So obviously if you've been living under a rock for the last, I don't know, probably 48 to 72 hours, depending on when this comes out, uh, we're referencing the fact that Nick Chubb is out, uh, for the season for both the Browns and for all fantasy leagues across, across the country. Uh, notably Kyle in our league. Yes. Um, which I also, yeah, I, as as a follow up to that, from a fantasy perspective, uh, obviously four of us have now fallen to zero and two. Uh, the four being myself, Colin. Real tough look for this podcast, by the way. Um, Kyle and Alex. Uh, but really, the most dire situation is Kyle, who already didn't have many answers. But one of the few answers he did have, um, obviously, was Nick Chubb and. Yeah, I don't even have a funny quip for that because that's <clears throat> I that is the only time that I can remember that the announcers on the broadcast just outright said we are not showing the replay. Usually they show it once and then they go, "Nope, not doing that again." Probably not going to show that again. Yeah. This is the only time that I can safely say that they looked at it and said, "Absolutely not, not even once." Yeah. Like um it was that bad. Yeah, and obviously uh, Kyle is taking this foot in that war um, on two fronts. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, now I will say a horrible injury, you know, to anybody. Um, he did not die, so people no. did act like people act like he actually died on the field. He he did not die. He is alive, um, which is you know that 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 we're making light of the injury, but you know I mean there are you know let's not. We didn't lose a life here. This is not no. no. This is not that type of situation where this is not like a Sean Taylor where a dude just got murdered or something like that. Like this is you know this is not one or of those even like be- an Eric Legrand situation where it's like this injury yeah, is going not, to impact him outside football. Yes, he's not paralyzed. He's not anything like that. Now that being said, the unfortunate thing for Browns fans is that th- I think this is just a Joe Thomas situation, and so obviously Joe Thomas. Played for the Browns for 10 years, never missed a snap, and then in the 0-16 season, tears his bicep, gets hurt, and we never see Joe Thomas 
play on the Donna football uh, ever again. Am I saying that that is the happening for Nick Chubb? Um, not necessarily, but there's a very good chance that we probably saw Nick Chubb's last carry mm-hmm. um, in a bronze uniform at the very least. Um, the one sort of positive thing, if you want to pull anything about the situation, is that he, he's he been paid. So it, this is not That's a... True. This is not a, oh, he was a great, this is, he was not, not on his rookie contract. He played multiple years, got all of his guaranteed money from, he was going to get that anyway, from the three-year, like 33 or $36 million contract that he signed. So he's made his money at the very least. Um, so that's good. As you just want to look at, like, you know, it, even if his career is over, um, he's been paid. But, yeah, this was, he, he took, I mean, he also took the role of Joe Thomas. He was by far and away the the fan favorite. I think he was pretty much everybody's favorite player on the team. Um, him or Miles Garrett, depending on which way you were going. Um, but yeah, he was, you know, I would say he was the lunch pail guy. Everybody called him like the lunch pail guy mm-hmm. in the, the media. He's probably the guy that embodied and embraced the city the most. And so it really just is unfortunate um, that in football you have those situations where a pretty routine dive play on the three yard line. And that's the last you ever see of a guy potentially. And yeah. And I mean, there was nothing dirty about the play from like, it was a corner trying to tackle him. You got to go after his legs. Like Tyvis Powell actually said today, they're like, they asked him like, do you, do you think that the Fitzpatrick hit was dirty? He's like, you know, no, he's like a DB is going to lose the battle trying to go high on Nick Chubb. Now, he was already wrapped up. He's like, you know, was it – did he have to come in there? Like, you don't know. Chubb spins out of stuff all the time. So he was not going to win the battle high. You got to go – you got to try to go low and knock him down. It's unfortunate that he just caught Chubb's leg in the absolute wrong spot at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've already kind of said multiple torn ligaments. It's the same yeah. knee that he exploded at Georgia, which ironically oh. tore everything besides his ACL. So he tore his MCL, LCL, and PCL, and his meniscus, and it was surgically repaired. And honestly, knowing I didn't realize his injury was that serious at Georgia, um, the fact that he came back as good as he did ever is kind of surprising already. Uh, I would be, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's impossible. You don't know what you know. Aaron Rodgers is apparently going to recover from an Achilles injury in four months, but. Um, it would it would really surprise me if he came back, assuming that we already know it's multiple torn ligaments, and was able to be as effective or even close to as effective um, as he was before. But you know, like I said, time will tell. But I would this is going to be a, probably a multi year recovery, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and so I would I would it would not really not surprise me that I could see a situation where he's on the Browns roster and is like a season long IR or pup list guy. Which has happened with major injuries before, um, but it would really surprise me to see him back out there getting carries for the Browns um, ever again. Yeah, no. I the only injury that I've ever that I can remember that was similar to this was I don't know if you remember this. There was a running back for South Carolina named Marcus, Marcus Lattimore. Lattimore. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's the only other one that was similar to this. It was a similar thing: dislocated uh, knee, tore every ligament. Um, and immediately after that, the goalpost moved from a normal knee injury where it's like come back healthy to this knee injury. was just comeback period. 
If you can come back and yeah. take another snap for this team, you have won. You're yeah. like, you, you may be a shadow of yourself, but still. And um, uh, the way that story ended was he went undrafted, went to Packers training camp and retired, like, like, ret- like retired, did not wait to get, to, to get cut, retired about two weeks into Packers training camp and literally just said the pain in his knee anytime he tried to get up to speed or plant and cut was just too great. Um, but like I said, Nick Chubb has done it before. Um, maybe it can happen again, but it would, it would drastically surprise me. Like I said, I don't know what of Chubbs was still attached, but when you tear everything like that, completely dislocate your knee, your skin is what's holding the lower laugh mm-hmm. of the lower part of your leg back onto your body. So, we saw, now he said he did. He was sitting there on the ground. I just, so I don't know. Maybe something's still attached, but um, obviously it was it was very bad. Yeah. Um, okay, M- moving on from that because we're going to talk more about the Browns in a little bit. Um, to the actual fantasy football situation, uh, obviously noted the several teams who dropped to zero and two. Several teams improved to two and zero. Notably Gary, who kind of looks like a wagon at this point. Um, Scott and Zach both kind of scratched out victories against, um, you know, some stiff competition, or in Scott's case, me. Um, and then Mike also looks like a wagon at 2-0. and And then you got everybody else at 1-1. and Chuck, you're on the board and not going over to start a season again. I said this last week. I was confident in my team, like I said. Um, it took, no, like I said, I had a major injury and got zero points for my quarterback. So I was, it's not like, oh, I just got narrowly beaten, but I lost to a pretty historically heroic effort last week. Um, yeah. but Zach is now my white whale. I'm going to pick against <laughs> Zach every week for the rest of the season. I think I, I, I have planted my flag in that camp. He is my white whale and he's, I will ride or die with that, with that stance. That. I hope that at the end of this season, somehow you and Zach are playing in the playoffs. I feel like that would be just a an absolute. And then I hope the um, the Cowboys defense puts up thirty again. <laughs> yeah, they're playing the Giants again, probably late in the season. So yeah, late in the season. No, I think actually they have both their games early, so you won't have to deal with that. But they might wind up playing the Commanders, which is borderline worse. Yeah. Um. Okay. You have any other spare thoughts? Uh, about last week, Chuck. Otherwise, we can move on. Um, it's weird. Like, if you watch the games, we're still in sort of ugly football territory. Mm-hmm. But from a fantasy perspective, a lot of big numbers this yeah. week. Um, so it's just kind of funny that, like, from the eye test, we're still like no one's really playing that well. There's some teams that have looked, looked have looked really good twice in a row now. The Cowboys being one of them. But um, yeah, we're still, we're starting to see the fantasy uptick already at week two, which will be interesting to see kind of going forward. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of curious if that's going to continue because you're right. Just like looking through week one, looking through those scores, it was like, what the fuck is going on? And then now to last week, it just sort of looked like a normal like situation. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I it. Things still look tough. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you guys were all watching the Browns game. I did have the the other game on periodically, um, and 
Oh, so did so did we because ESPN was like, we'll just show you both games. That I did notice that they just kept going back and forth. Um, what you might not have, Derek Carr looked like he was seeing actual ghosts out there on the field against the Panthers' defense. He, like, it's never a good sign when the quarterback comes off the field like screaming, and he did that every drive for the first five drives. Yeah, was just him screaming at someone, at himself, something. And that's against yeah. the fucking Panthers. So I really they, they they gave Derek Carr so much money too. Like Derek Derek Carr is like just the 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 starter version of Chase Daniel. Like Derek Carr has made so much money in the NFL. No, he really has. Despite the fact that I mean, so much of it was just that like the Raiders just were kind of blindly loyal to him. Yeah. So they just kept fucking paying him. Um, I mean, it, I guess it was the similar situation to like a Kirk Cousins where it's like, okay, are we going to win with this guy? Probably not. But are you going to find a better guy somewhere? Also, probably not. So yeah. you just keep going. But yeah, the Saints paying him that much money and him continuing to, I mean, not, I mean, they won, but like, they I mean, they're, just two barely, they're, they're two and oh, they're two and oh, they're two and oh, they beat the, the only quarterback who's looked worse. Bryce Young looked lost out there. Bryce Young looks like a little kid trying to play grown-up football. So Frank Reich is just the new Adam Gase, right? Have we? He's just new Adam Gase, right? He he might be. Um, now, I mean, some of it could just be like a situation where Bryce Young doesn't got it. You know, we don't know. I mean, his two examples that we would hold against him would be Carson Wentz and now two games of Bryce Young. Yeah. Can you say that he's not good based on yeah. that data? And it's not like, did anybody think the Panthers were going to come out and be awesome? Like they, they were bad last year. Clearly and, they did. And got rid of like their good players. They got rid of Christian McCaffrey last year, got rid of DJ Moore. Like they, you know, their I mean, big their big acquisition was what they got Miles Sanders now in Carolina like that's the yeah, big move and an old Adam Thielen. Yeah. No, I think the only reason why I think they believed that they would be competitive was that is that they're not letting Bryce Young do what C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson is doing, which is actually play. Yeah. The uh, it's funny. So like the Panthers are very much, which probably to their to their benefit are like we're not going to put Bryce Young in spots to like fail or get hit or get, you know, his conflict chicken. And the Texans are like, we're going to drop Stroud back 50 <laughs> times a game. The O-line can't block. They can't block anybody. And we're just going to see what happens. Yeah. Better get the ball out, CJ. <laughs> yeah. Because no one's coming to help you. Yeah. We, and we have no, we have Nico Collins, but that's it. Hey, Robert Woods, Tank Dell, the little, little ragamuffin around out there. Uh, Devin, Devin Singletary, now down there in Houston. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but they're, but they're just like, let's just we're just gonna see what happens if we just just they're they're literally rolling the ball out there and being like, let's just see what happens with CJ Stroud. I mean, they're doing the same thing with Richardson in uh in Indy. Like they're just they're essentially just like, let's who, who, see what happens. By the way, by the way, has gotten hurt twice now in two games. Yeah, because they keep letting him because at least CJ Stroud is I mean, it was kind of a pain in the ass at OSU. CJ Stroud is terrified of running the football, and he simply yeah. will not do it. So he's not going to take that many hits. Richardson's fucking going for it. Yeah. Gard, I'm telling you, Gardner Minshew is the Grim Reaper for a starting quarterback. He's he always makes an appearance, like in a season. Like he's always 
If, if you if you get Gardner Minshew on your team, you're just guaranteeing your starting quarterback gets. Yeah, he will have to start games. I. Whereas Tyrod Taylor was the anti uh, <laughs> Grim Reaper. He, he he was the guy that you bring in to make sure your backup, like to make sure your young backup quarterback plays. Yeah, your young backup quarter, and not even that you would bench him, just that he would get inexplicably have his lung punctured by the training staff, and uh, wind up having to abdicate the starting job. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, we can move on now. Um. And we can. Uh, dive in here to our uh, first and essentially only segment, actually, uh, which I've decided to call What Goes Around. Now, for this, um, this is an untraditional way that we're going to do this. So, Chuck, what I'm going to give you here is uh, exactly 7 minutes and 28 seconds, which I will time, and I will keep you appraised of that timer. And um, I will allow you time to um, put this early Brown season, Deshaun Watson's play, into the spin zone and see what you come up with. Um, And to further explain, many of you may be asking why 7 minutes and 28 seconds. Well, that's because it's the exact length of the song What Goes Around Comes Around by Justin Timberlake. And uh, I will be editing that into the background of Chuck's monologue here. And finally, I would like to clarify that the whole what goes around comes around thing is not a reference to the absolutely terrible injury, but a reference to Deshaun Watson being a piece of shit and now literally fumbling a game away. Um, So, yeah, that was sort of my intention there. So with that, Chuck, do you have any clarifying questions before we uh, before we get going? No, I think I understand the assignment on this one. Did you want the assignment, or is this a uh, a cross you have to bear? Probably more the latter, but by any means, you know that that that's 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 where we are. That is where you are, um, and I mean, we. I'm just asking you to speed up the process. We we both know that by the end of this week, you would have spun this into a positive at some point. Yes. Um. So we're just asking you to do it on Tuesday instead of on Friday. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, with that, Chuck, you may begin your defense now. So I guess I'll start off by saying I don't think that there's any question that I have been pretty firmly in the Deshaun Watson support camp since the, it was announced they were making that trade for him. Um, Brian despite and the fact that Colin I, yeah, I mean, like I'm damning stuff. <laughs> like, like, like I'm the only Browns fan in the group chat too. Like, it, it's a personal. It's only a loss for me that he's not playing well. Um, but uh, probably no shock. I am still positive that this is going to work out. And there's probably two ways that I have to answer that question or to go about that. One is why. Am I still positive? And how, right. two will be how how is it going to turn around? Yeah. So the the why answer is relatively simple, in that I have no other choice. <laughs> I, you know, the, I am not going to give up on the Browns. There's nothing that would make me probably ever give up on the Browns. Um, I think I'm serious when I say that if, if somebody came to me, you know, the, the fifth dimensional being comes to me and says, mm-hmm. I will guarantee the Browns win 
a Super Bowl, but you have to stop consuming and being a fan of all sports media one week after that occurs. It's possible I would take that deal. Like I'm serious when I say that. Like as you much as it would essentially sell your soul. As much as as much as it would drastically change the way that I live my life, that that period of joy would be. It, it would be the Tiger winning the Masters times right. infinity. Like it would be <laughs> that level of like, you know, just satisfaction and happiness that I think it would be worth it. And like I said, we had no other choice. We have made our bed with this guy and we have to sleep in it now. Um, he's not going anywhere. He is the quarterback of the team. And you literally so we cannot cut him. And so, I mean, you, you, you can, but it would be just so detrimental to do so. But no, you literally um, like, you wouldn't be able to feel the team. Well, I mean, there's, yeah, but, um, so, so it, it has to work out because if it does not work out, we are back in 2016 about to go one and 31 and start this whole presses over again with a new head coach, a new general manager, a whole new basically roster. Every guy we have, five minutes just to let you know. Yeah. Every guy we have is, is out of here. Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, JOK, all the linemen. Now that being said, if you want to make the argument, if you wanted to make, if you wanted to make the argument that, you know, they would recoup considerable draft capital by getting rid of those guys. Um, so it wouldn't be like, wait till the first round picks come back and then we restart the rebuild. It would start pretty immediately. But I digress on that point. That it, it has to work out. There, there is no, there is no plan B. So if it doesn't work out, we're absolutely fucked. Yeah. So that's the why I'm still positive because I, I basically have to be. There, there is, there is not a way to get out of this if it doesn't work out. How it could be positive is a different situation. So if you look at the first two, so I, I'm discounting the last six games of the season last year where you play. They went three and three, did not look good as a team pretty much the whole time, and especially the offense didn't look particularly good so i'm focusing on you know sort of this offseason training camp and the first two games so if you want to look at one positive and it's a very particular so, we, so let's start with his passing which is sort of the main thing yeah. um it's no it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that he's been inaccurate has missed plays has not performed well in the passing game where he has looked good in the passing game is on a particular set of plays where they do the quick under center three-step drops and he hits guys at the boundary or right over the middle. He's hit several really good balls doing that. Now they've run plays like that seemingly about seven times in the first two games. So not a lot. Right. But it's not completely broken. He's hit you no, know, he's got some sort of chemistry going with Amari Cooper. He threw several balls just yesterday. Where he hot, where he put the ball in the right spot at the sideline that Cooper could high point it over the defender and come down with it, and it was like that's was an NFL throw. That was a you know that was a that's what your quarterback two and a half minutes. Okay, Just, okay. Yeah. That, that's what your quarterback is supposed to do. One thing that's not being talked about is that 
they now have a rookie right tackle and a already questionable left tackle. DeWine Jones has played okay um, through the first two games, and Jed Wills has been pretty bad. One of the strengths of this team was always going to be the offensive line. Running the ball, Nick Chubb aside, was always going to be a strength of this team. Jerome Ford showed flash yesterday of being able to still find spaces and get considerable chunks of yardage. The offensive line has played pretty bad uh, up to this point. I think the Conklin injury has affected a lot. As the season goes on, you have to expect the offensive line play will pick up as there's more confidence, more chemistry. If Jones starts to play a lot better, which you assume he will, now that frees up Wyatt Teller, frees up the interior of the line to do what they were doing, to open up those holes back up. And the pocket becomes a lot more sure, because one thing that's also happened through the first two games is Deshaun Watson has not had a clean pocket on a lot of plays to make throw. Now, even when he has had a clean pocket, which has been few and far between. He's also missed throws at that point, too. So that's not the end-all, be-all. But as we go on, as he continues to develop chemistry with the receivers, with the O-line, we'll see what the running game ends up looking like now. We don't have to see your one minute. You have to assume that the offense, as it gets itself, you know, clear, will pick up. I think it's on the head coach. He's got to put more intricate route combos some crossing patterns over the middle stuff stuff where you've seen Watson already be able to make throws they've not done a lot of what I think he's really good at um and so we'll see what kind of work goes from there and he's you know he's been pretty effective running the ball so he can get out of the pocket the touchdown run in game one was great so we'll see kind of how that develops but yeah so there are some things to look forward to positively but it's going to take a lot to uh get this offense going in the right direction for sure well, Chuck, you have 15 more seconds. Do you have any last thought? Um, they have to beat the Titans this week. If they, the Titans have been like the Steelers, have not been able to move the ball at all on offense. Um, so they have to win that game. And the, I don't know the Titans' defense is what the Steelers' defense is. So we'll see if anything looks better. But they have to win that game because they got Baltimore next week or two weeks after. Or the week after, sorry. Well, Chuck, that was pretty good timing. I'm not going to lie. That was a pretty concise argument for why. I can tell your heart is not yet in it, but it will be by the end of this week. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I have no choice. Like like you said, I said that all I can do now is put on a brave face. That's that's where we're at. Like, I just have to keep believing that it's going to get better. Um, I also, I have one follow-up question for you. Let's say, and I think we might have even asked this question before. If that hypothetical situation came true and some sort of genie offered you the uh, Browns for your sports fandom trade, um, what would you get into? Like, what what would replace sports for you? I'd probably start reading, I would guess. Probably just wow. start reading. I, pro- I would probably have to start reading. I don't know what else would really, occupy my would time. Be, I mean... That, that would be a coup. <laughs> We're, we're already in the point of fall where my timeline pretty much works in like time before next kickoff. And so right. it would have to just switch to something like time till next first page. Like it would have to be something like that. Charlie, that would be something that I would truly love to watch would be like all of a sudden you just like we like just like check in with you and you're like, no, I've read. I've read 200 books this year. <laughs> yeah. I read 200 books last year. 
Yeah. Because okay. it would have you to be have that level of free time. It, it would have to be something like that. Like, honestly, like I, like, I I would get more into like, I would get back into like woodworking more and things like that. Um, and yeah, so it would, it would have to be something like that where there's like, I need something else to just sink all of my time into. <laughs> This is, I mean, at least you have a plan. It's not like the, uh, what did you guys ask Alex during uh, the Hognox episode where you, you, you like asked him about hobbies and Alex was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I asked if he, had, if he had any hobbies and he's like, I don't really do anything. So, so I mean, yeah, you're, you're in a better spot than, than that, I suppose. Um, than if we took cars away from Alex. Um, I don't know what you have to take away from the notion of you reading a book that was not written by me and not reading it purely sarcastically to make fun of me is is just incomprehensible. There's a lot of books out there, John. So I could I could, I could definitely find my time to fill my time. There there sure are. Um, all right, Chuck. Well, I, I do appreciate um, your uh, defense. Yeah, I mean, like I said. If you want, you, you got to grab onto something. That's what I got. So <laughs> it just sounds so defeated. Um, all right. Well, now we can move on. Uh, we're gonna get to the also uh, just one one more side note. I do love. I think Brian. I think Brian is the the number one like locker room problems guy. <laughs> it takes more. It takes more than twenty minutes for an entire locker room to break down. Like. It is. You know. Also, it's not like you brought in new guy. Well, I mean, I guess Deshaun's sort of a new guy, but like, there's no huge X factor right now. No, like, it took three years for OBJ to dismantle the locker room. So, and honestly, his biggest crime was dismantling Baker Mayfield. <laughs> seemingly. Yeah. I would say the, the and and if you want to look at sort of like they don't have to be that good on offense. If the the defense. I may be speaking left turn here. Seems like they are like a Super Bowl caliber defense. The defense has been playing lights out the first two weeks. They've given up 15 points mm-hmm. in two games and one touchdown on a broken tackle, 71 yard touchdown to George Pickens last night. Like mm-hmm. the defense keeps up that level of play and stays good. You don't have to score 40 to win these games. I mean, you might be able to get away with. 15 points a game, a couple touchdowns or a touchdown, yeah. a bunch of field goals. So it's like, you know, for them to be successful this year, they don't have to be the greatest show on turf all of a sudden. No, they don't, but they do need to stop hurting themselves. <laughs> well, that's, that's what they can happen is that they, the, the, the offense gave up more points yesterday than the defense did. Exactly. Like li- quite literally gave up more points. Literally. Than the defense yes. Did. And including so it's like that the nail in the coffin that so that can't happen. But if if they stop turning the ball over um, and really only like the couple turnovers, like the, the Sean fumble on the fourth and one is was bad. That was at midfield. The Njoku fumble on the third down call was bad, but it happened at like the Pittsburgh 40 yard line or something like weren't backbreaking plays because the defense was playing so well. I mean, you just can't give up those catastrophic strip sacks in your own red zone mm-hmm. type of thing. So, um, and they've avoided that, you know, for ninety five percent of their series. So even when they turn the ball over, it's not been detrimental. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, okay. Well, we can move on off the Browns now. Um, we've talked that one into the ground. Uh, and we can dive into our uh, kind of piece de resistance of this episode, which is going to be everyone's favorite interview um, subject. We're going to move on to a little interview with A-Lock. All right, and now we would like to welcome to the program our guest of dishonor this week, uh, Mr. Alex Avlat. Alok, how are we doing? Things could be better, um, but in Columbus this week for the OSU recruiting fair, which is kind of cool. So uh, kind of a little trip back down memory lane, but at the same time also a trip back down memory lane from being – an absolute terrible fantasy team last season and repeating that as it seems through the first two weeks. So there's a lot of memories currently going through my head right now. You're just a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, exactly. Um, little peek behind the pod here. Um, Alex has decided to go no camera inside of the uh, recording here. And when I asked him about it, Alex, you want to give them the answer that you gave me when I said, we're not going any camera today. Um, pretty sure I just said that I'm doing it on my phone. Well, first you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was what you said first that you paused for five seconds. <laughs> you did. Yeah. You really, Alex, I was fully prepared for you to just go like, guys, I'm, I'm stark naked over here. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Alex, yeah. so Alex is coming in from his phone. So we appreciate him making that little bit of extra effort to get on with us. Um, like I said before, iPhones, notorious for not having a, camera that would allow us to see Alex right now. But uh, I digress. We're glad to have you, Alex. Um, and we're, I'm glad to hear the OSU uh, career fair is going well. Yeah. Yeah, it's going well. It's going well. Alex, out of curiosity, how, how did you wind up doing that? Like, was it just like they were just like taking a straw poll of like who would go do this and you raised your hand or did you get identified? Well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> Cause, uh, I, uh, so like when I first joined, when I first came to Ford, um, I was like, Hey, I want to be a part of the recruiting team, like for OSU. Cause Ohio state's kind of a, you know, big enough school to have like a OSU recruiting team. And there's a couple people. So I reached out to them and they're like, sure, but we have a lot of Ohio state people who want to do this. So, um, you know, Ford employees who are Ohio state people who want to do this. So like, you know, we'll see if you make the cut to get an invite. <laughs> so, um, like that was, that was like the first couple of years. I, I evidently did not make the cut to get an invite. And then, uh, like two years ago, um, I got reached out, uh, for this, but it was remote via right. zoom. So I did, I did that last year. And then this year, um, finally was kind of blessed enough to be able to do it in person and make the cut. And then it was really funny. I joined there. <laughs> I come in and meet some of the other people who were doing the recruiting and they're like, Oh yeah. Like I went to Penn state. I didn't even come to OSU. They just needed someone to do this. And I raised my hand and I did it. And I was like, <laughs> but you were happened three years. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I was trying to do for three years. And I evidently, was not cool enough. So, but I guess now I'm on the cut. 
So there you go. Um, so how'd they go, Alex? What was you? What were you doing? Was it like you know, big line of people? You just talk to one kid as I come up to you, type of thing. Take the resume, ask them a couple of questions, that type of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you guys remember the career fair? A lot of the engineering people do. Um, we had a big line. We probably got over 225 people come through. Um, Jesus, which is a lot. So yeah. I had to. I talked to about 50 to 60 people, and was first doing kind of one by one, but then um, evidently that was going too slow, and we wouldn't get through everyone in time. So we ended up kind of doing two people at a time, which was kind of a bummer, but, uh, you know, take their resume, ask them a couple of questions, and then really was there to have them, um, ask me questions about like internship experience and how it's structured and stuff. So that was cool. Um, I'm glad, but it was, what, kind, what kind of questions did you ask Alex? Um, the big ones, like, you know, what year are you, uh, you know, you're looking for a full-time job or an internship because um, you're really primarily there for internships. And then um, like if they had specific work experiences they shared, um, trying to kind of get a couple more details out of, out of that. Um, so, yeah. See, that's one thing that I know that I would never be good at. One, I don't have the patience to talk to people for that long. That's just a given. Um Two, I would pretend like I was the NFL GM doing um, like draft combine interviews and come up with like ridiculous questions like, you know. You're giving uh, them the Wonderlick test. <laughs> that type of thing, yeah. You know, be like, how much do you, how much do you love studying? Like that, that you know, yeah. they could be I'm like, how much, do you, how, much, how much do you love practice? I might even just ask them, do you love football? Like, give me, let me know. And then I guess it's like, do you love football? Um, so yeah, so it's glad to hear that that went, that went well, Alex. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good time. Yeah, that cool. sounds like it. Um, all right, well, we can just, uh, continue. now that we've gotten Alex's, uh, backstory here, um, we can dive into, so Alex, you're obviously familiar with the process here. Um, we got some questions for you, um, and then we'll let you say your piece. Um, and I'm also now realizing, Charlie, uh, I think we... Briefly considered doing Scott this week, and uh, Chuck was like, "Nah, we can't. We just did Scott." But we also literally just did Alex. Yeah, no, you have to stri- you have to strike while the iron is hot with Alex because we can make fun of him now. But flashback in like six weeks from now, and it might be when a different story. I was six in a row. Alex be mad about him doing it, so we have to got to strike while the iron is hot with this one. All right. Well, All Alex. Right. Yeah, that's what you have to look forward to. Um, but yeah, we just have a couple questions for you. And then we will once again allow you to uh, to speak your piece and either defend your team or, from what it sounds like, based on the beginning of this interview, uh, just admit defeat is what it kind of sounded like. You'll have to wait till the end to find out. Yeah. Well, Alex, I will go first. I'll go first. So my first question, kind of a two-parter. So I have to think about this for a second. Um. So you were bad last year. There's no denying that. Actually ended up finishing in last place. You even made a pseudo sort of tank move to get a second round pick this year, which you used to keep Mark Andrews. Um, And thus far this year, you've not gotten out of the gate very strong. So what I want to know is where's the confidence level on your ability to turn things around? And if you could, 
could you provide the scale you're using to rate yourself as well as the rating? So is it, you know, out of a hundred, out of 10, one to five stars, sort of where are you at here? All right. A lot of, a lot of little subsections of that question. So I'll try to go through all of them. No, there's, all, there's, there's, there's only two, but go ahead. Okay. Well, it's more than one. So, um, <laughs> Let's see here. So first is, so basically where's my confidence level at? Yeah. Stuff like that. I think my confidence. So I, I give myself a 50, 50 shot of turning the season around. Okay. Um, I think my pickup of Kyron Williams is a pretty, pretty significant deal. You're going to play him this week. I, I am going to play him this week. Um, now that he's had like two kind of back-to-back good performances against, especially San Francisco, he's got a pretty good defense. He's he's going to be which, a weekly starter now. Which, by the way, that's my all-time favorite move of the week one uh, player, like the waiver wire, like surge, is that what people that get the week one performers and then put them on their bench like immediately, like <laughs> like Colin at least on the bench. <laughs> Colin at least played Puka Nakua this week and. It worked out well, but Alex, of course, lost again. And uh, could he used Kyron? Could he used Kyrie Williams there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Good plan. Yeah. Good plan. Words there. Um, but yeah, I, I sat him this week mostly because Bryce Hall had a pretty good week one, and I <laughs> that's, sat that's him. not his name, Alex. That's not his name either. <laughs> it's Brees. Hey, at the end of the day, a name is just a way of referring to someone, and it's evident that you know who I'm talking about. So, in other words, mission accomplished. Isn't Bryce Hall um, like a, a TikTok star or something? I, w- I wouldn't know that. That sounds but, right. Um, I mean, Bryce, right there, you're halfway to a TikTok star just with that first I was going to say, so. that sounds familiar. Bryce Hall. I remember it now, Bryce Hall. Bryce Hall um, and Kyler Williams. Yeah. This is why Alex frustrates me. He can't even know the guys on his own team. Like, and he's got three championships. Like, what are we? What are we doing here? We can't beat this guy. Oh, well, anywho, let me let me get to this. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I think I think my roster moves have been have like I've been making the right moves. Obviously, on the waiver wire, Hunter Henry also I sat and he had a great week. It's just finding the right starting lineup. And yeah, you played really, you, you played you played Mike Andrews instead of uh, Hunter Henry. Yeah, <laughs> who Mike Andrews had a pretty good week. He did fifteen points is respectable. Yeah, I know it's Mark. By the way, I just wanted to go off. This no, yeah, game, we so. I yeah. we could hear it in your voice. Yeah, yeah. So um, so just finding that right uh that right kind of selection of players, I think, is going to be key, and that's why I still have some high hopes. Um. So that's kind of that. So kind of in a rating, you know, Americans, we love to rate things. And this is a fantasy football podcast. Love to rate things in terms of Olympic-sized swimming pools and football fields rather than using actual metrics. So I would say we're at um, 50%. We're basically at a half of a football field confidence or half of an Olympic-sized. Yeah, or in a half of an Olympic-sized swimming pool. So let's just... For the record, unpack that for a second. I asked Alex to give me a rating system. He gave us a measure of volume and or distance. Said it's him. Alex basically said, 
on a scale, like his rating scale was about 50 yards. That's about which where, that's where he's at right now. I stand with exactly. that, actually. And it's, uh, on a scale of, of your own one to the opposite end zone, Alex is standing at the 50. Yeah. Um, Precisely. Okay, Alex. I actually, I, I like I'm, I'm, I'm only rating people with measures of distance now. That's how it's going to go. I'm only using Alex- measures of distance. John Freeze. I think yeah, John did, did in I fact freeze. I'm glad that it wasn't me. Froze. John, you froze yeah, there for a moment. Back um, or I'm back. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Alex, for a second there, I thought you were going to say, like, on a scale of one to five Olympic swimming pools, I'm about two yeah, and a half. That's where I thought he was going as well. But <laughs> Which regardless, also would have been fantastic. That at least would have been better. But yeah, so there we go. Um. Okay. Well, Alex, all right, this next one, um, <clears throat> so this one's a little bit more of a hypothetical. It has nothing to do with fantasy. I'm just curious. So if you had to pick one league member to do a full-speed test drive, like on a racetrack of like a new Mustang, who would you pick and why? You also can't pick yourself for I the guess, sake of I, this. I guess, like what's, I guess like I'm just curious, like what's the objective – that I'm trying to get out of this. Like, Set the fastest lap time. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. you could, no, there could be anything. Like you could be like, set the fastest lap time. You might want someone who's going to be the most representative of an actual driver. Maybe you want someone to get into a fucking car crash and you pick Mike. I don't know. I, I think there's, John's, a, there's, a correct think, an, there's a correct answer to this question, by I, the way. Well, I think John's just basically asking me, who do I want to drive a car? <laughs> Fast. Which like is two hundred miles an hour. Okay. Um, I mean, I think I think definitely the most interesting would be Mike, because knowing Mike, he would probably be like face down in a novel, going two hundred miles an hour. Exactly. Basically, what he have he's already done before. Um, yeah. So that's probably my answer. Yeah, Mike's the correct answer because Mike's either setting the fastest lap time or dry or dying in the process of doing so. So exactly. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I when think, I asked the question, I did want that answer. I wasn't sure if you'd yeah. give it to me, but I did want it. Yeah, I think the least, the person who I'd least enjoy seeing would probably probably be Ben. Probably be Ben. <laughs> Wait, why? I uh, know he, he's a he's very safety conscious. Probably a doctor. You know, just gonna take it really easily. Um. It's just going to be kind of uneventful. I thought okay. you were going to say that Ben was going to have like one of his 2 a.m. manic episodes and like it would go sideways from there. No, I think I think Ben's maybe, I don't know. We'll see. I feel like those days are gone for Ben, but you never know. You don't. You really don't. Um, all right, Alex. I, I, I think that that's the correct answer. I agree with Chuck. Um, all right, Chuck, what's your next one? All right, Alex. Um so this is a legitimate question, but can you quickly just give us a rundown of the, the four major sports, which for clarification, I'm talking about the NBA, NFL, MLB, and NHL, and just go on the record and tell us officially which teams you root for. Okay. <laughs> well, the easiest one, MLB, I root for the Angels. Okay, yeah, that was, that was never in doubt. Yeah. That's definitely the team I've, I've, I've rooted for the longest um, 
NBA, you know, still still a fan of the Lake Show. Um, I'll admit that my fandom is likely not as strong as other people's fandom for their respective NBA teams and then, you know, compared to me. But I still enjoy seeing the Lakers do well. Um, NFL, I'd still say the Rams. Kind of similar boat as the Lakers. Um, and it's probably the most recent. recent. Yeah. yeah, just because... I was basically, I basically didn't have an NFL team throughout my entire childhood. So then it was like, okay, time to pick one. Well, just might as well pick the one I'm from. And then NHL, NHL, I I would say I'm a Ducks fan. Um, Okay. But I'd also say like moving to Detroit, Hockey Town, USA, I have like, that is NHL, I've never been a fan of the NHL. Like, I just have never followed the NHL. I've just never been a hockey guy, like, being completely honest. So this is the biggest one that's kind of probably becoming more of a toss-up where it's like, okay, maybe I do just become a Red Wings fan because I've never really been a Ducks fan, um, except just kind of like, hey, everyone's a Ducks fan around me growing up. So, so yeah, that's that's basically – yeah, I would I would have done the same thing too. If you have a chance to be an original six fan, yeah, I try to gotta take that yeah, opportunity take it. With, the, with the NHL. Yeah, yeah, um, I think it, thank it'll you, be Alex. interesting to see. Sorry, sorry, can I make one final comment? I said, about I said this? thank. I said okay. I uh, know. I, I was just gonna say, if I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are, so if I stay in Detroit for like ten years, right, right, wait, halfway like, there. Like, if I stay in Detroit 10 years, do you think it's okay for me to become a Lions and Pistons fan? Um, so, my answer to this is yes, but you have to give up the other fandom. That's fair. I think my opinion would be that it really just centers around how strongly the original fandom is like for example i think if you dropped the rams and picked up the lions like what's the point because like the rams are a very recent (laughs) fandom anyway you know so i feel like there's no but like if you dropped like the angels for the tigers that would to me would be like that would be weird yeah i I don't think i'll drop the angels for the tigers yeah my stance i'm always anybody can switch their fandom but my stance has always been you only get one you have to pick one team yeah. that you say I root for I am a fan of this team looking at you Paul okay fair enough I'm, I'm curious yeah. I'm curious what the pulse of the group is I, yeah I would be too um, alright Alex uh, so last question so this one um, so a lot has been made obviously of, of my hot dog Sutton uh, comment and justifiably so um but I want to know, because here's the thing. I distracted from your original comment. So I yes. genuinely want to know, what did you mean when you said, and I quote, only thing better than a raw dog is a hot dog, and then the hot dog emoji? Uh, no, it just, it just came up into my head. Like, okay, I'm tired of hearing Mike talk about raw dogs and all this sort of stuff. So I was like, well... The only thing that I could think of was a hot dog, which is an f- actual physical item. So I, I went from raw dog to what's the opposite, cooked dog. And then I was thinking, oh, well, what's a cooked dog, a hot dog? So 
that's that's basically a chain of events that transpired in my brain. I don't think that when Mike says raw dog, he he is referring to a raw hot dog. I'm just gonna say that. Oh, I know he's not. Oh, I know he's not. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, as long just, as we're on the same page there. It's just like taking a very literal mm-hmm. like phrase. Okay, opposite of raw is cooked. Okay. Next step to that is basically a hot dog. So <laughs> uh, that actually tracks, which I I thought that that was going to be much more like you just played a word association game of what's another thing that ends in dog. But that actually, you you had a method to that madness. So I'm I am yes. impressed. Spot the lie there. Nothing he said is inaccurate. Nothing he said was wrong. Not a thing, Alex. It, it tracks a lot better than adding Sutton to the end. So, uh, Listen, all hot dog Sutton uh, is really going to carry you through here, Alex. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's all the questions that we had there, uh, Alok. So... Uh, with that, we'll open the floor to you. Um, do you have any any comments, any defense of? Well, I mean, you've already kind of explained your feelings on your team, but any uh, defense of your performance thus far? Not really. You know, I mean, it was a bummer to have uh, good old Mike Andrews out the first week, um, and then make the incorrect decision not starting uh, Bryce Hall. <laughs> Who is so, a TikTok uh, personality also? I did look it up. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate appreciate John, the resident podcast TikTok expert. Um, he had a, some sort of um, controversy. That's the only reason I remembered it. It was like one of those, you know, TikTok stars that like just was racist apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Their their TikTok so, stuff who beat up a homeless guy, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah, that level of yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I think just find that right selection of starting guys, and then it'd be really nice. And hopefully, uh, Kyron Williams is this guy. Uh, it'd be really nice to hopefully have a guy that can put up like you know big numbers, like explosive numbers, um, week in and week out, which my team's kind of missing right now. So that's where we're hopefully uh, turning around things. So that's my assessment. I think it's a fair assessment. Um... Well, all right, Alex, we'd like to thank you, obviously, for for joining us here and for suffering through our questions and um, best of luck. Are you do you have more interviews tomorrow or is it are you heading home? I'm I'm heading home. Okay, so best of luck then on your travels back to Detroit. Yeah, no worries. Um, As always, thanks, Jim O'Neill and uh, Chucky Kesa. Appreciate Technically your time. not wrong. I mean, that, that's just that's just kind of my name. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you again, Alex. Uh, we are now going to move on to um, some predictions for week three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We would like to once again thank Alex for his uh, contributions. Um, yeah, I actually didn't know that he was in Columbus. So when I when we asked him to do this, I really thought it was going to be nothing. So I remember I remember him saying he was going to be in Columbus because of the career fair. Forgot when that was going to be, and then he also didn't mention it like until you know he sent that message today about um, the career fair. 
Also, thank God you're hosting, John, because I forgot we completely I completely forgot that we did that. And if I was hosting, we'd have moved right into predictions. So <laughs> Charlie, you know what helps is just I literally, no matter what, I always have the Google Doc pulled up because I yeah. do not trust my own memory. I do, yeah. however, trust this document. Yeah. Um, okay. And as as, well, as evidenced briefly last week with uh, Colin in the episode, um, I can't host. I am just not able to do no. so. I just forgot that I I forget, I forget that I have host. lost that. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. I was telling Charlie that off the air that uh, there was a point last week where clearly Charlie was supposed to end the interview and it was his responsibility, and there kept being long silences where Colin was waiting for him to do it and he just wouldn't do it. Just completely <laughs> forgot what I was supposed to do. Um, okay. Well, let's dive into some predictions. I actually have quite a bit of um, opening work here for the predictions because you and okay. Colin uh, didn't have a lot of, uh, have a lot of research that went into the predictions last week. I, I knew that I had gone one in five in week one and that was it. <laughs> You did. Uh, you estimated me at three and three. I actually went four and two, so a pretty good start. Uh, the only thing that's gone well for me this season. Um, however, Chuck, in a truly fascinating uh, turn of events, you followed up your one and five with a five and one this week. I think Ben was the only game that I missed, right? I think no, Ben so. won. Yeah. Or, or did Ben lose? Who lost? Who beat? Did Ben win? Uh, no, Ben won. Who did I, oh, I, oh I picked I, I picked Colin. That's who I that's that's where I missed. Oh, that makes sense. Because um, I'm I, I, I picking at Zach every week, so right, <laughs> right, your white whale. Um, Colin went three and three. Um, and in order to do this, I I figure we just treat Colin and I as one singular entity. Uh, for the sake of because like we could treat it like by winning percentage, but that's kind of dumb. And not that's fun. not fun. Uh, so we're until, treat I, until it I miss like it, until I miss until I miss three episodes in a row, and then we have to do it by winning percentage because we're all <laughs> going to have just... different games. Um. Yeah. No, that would be fun if we eventually wound up with all the same. Not entirely like like if we each wound up with like some portion of the games and it all lined up. I don't know. Uh. But so the end result is that uh, Colin and I have combined to go seven and five, and Chuck, you are sitting at um a truly improbable uh, six and six. You went about six and six about the most nonsensical route you could have. Yeah. Only thing better would have been 0 and six, six and 0. That would have been the only thing that would have been better. It's <laughs> the only way you could have beaten it. That's true. Um, but Chuck, because you had such a, um, a truly wonderful week, why don't you take us through the games this week and let us know who you're picking or, or let us know the order. Well, we'll start with my game. Get that out of the way. Um, I'm going to obviously go with myself here. Um, I think my team found something, uh, last week. Um, I like, I think I've got five receivers that are legitimate starters in our league and I can only play four of them, which is a good problem to have. That being said, um, I'm pretty sure Najee Harris stinks. Almost quite certain that he's just going to be bad all year in fantasy. That being said, they've played the 49ers and the Browns in their first two games, which may be two of the tougher defenses they play all year. So they have the Raiders this week. So if he sticks again, he just stinks, actually. Um, but right. there's a chance he pulls he pulls out of this. Um, that's really my weak spot. I got the Brock and Chip 
which unfortunately a pass to Debo Samuel for a touchdown got changed to a rush by Debo Samuel for a touchdown. So that hurt oh. uh, Brock Purdy's a little a little bit, but um, I still was able to you know beat Paul um, pretty handily last week. So we'll see there. Kelsey's only going to get better. He obviously played okay. Caught a touchdown last week. Played okay. Uh, they're very ugly Chiefs uh, Jaguars game, by the way. That was that should have been like the game of the week, and that game was pretty ugly. Um, so he's only going to get yeah. better. Um, I think my only really weak spot right now is that second running back. So if I can figure that out, um, that'll be really what I think my the problem with my team is um, on Collins' side. A lot of inconsistency so far. I think it's been the name of Collins' um, team. You got, you know, you're still figuring out what. What's going on with Jameer Gibbs? Hertz was really bad week one, good in week two. Um, Brian Robinson has been sort of up and down. Ridley's been up and down. Uh, Waller has been hurt and up and down. So we'll see what Colin um, comes out with. But he's got Puka Nakua, who's going to get targeted 85 times a game. So he will be tough. It's going to be a close game, but I'm going to go with myself. Um. I'm going to, I'm really just picking on narrative. Um, I'm picking Colin here because I think Colin's team is simply too good to go. Oh, and three start the year. Cause they are genuinely like Colin has a playoff team and he has a real chance of starting the year. Oh, and three. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm picking Colin. Um, we'll move on to uh, the garrison and Scott game. Nothing plugs like a bucker and, uh, Dr. Phil. Kind of a, a low-key uh, rivalry game. Yeah, a very low-key rivalry game. I'm going with Gary here. His team has been nothing but spectacular through the first two weeks. Um, Scott's team's also 2-0, and but I think substantially Uglier. worse than Garrison's. Yeah. Um, like I said, I really don't see, similar to, to my team, I think Gary's one real weakness is one of his running backs. Pacheco has not been good thus far and Lawrence has been up and down but so has Deshaun Watson so yeah. um, but yeah so I, I really think that Gary's team is you know, considerably better um, and so I'm going to go with go with him this week yeah I'm also going with Gary I just um, he's dominated and Scott nearly lost to me in a, a week that I didn't deserve to beat absolutely anyone um, so I do think yeah, Scott is he, – he's not – I mean, Scott, I think, has a good team, but I, I just – I think Gary has, with Mike, one of the two kind of Death Star-looking teams early in the season. Yeah. I think – yeah, Gary's team's obviously very good, and so um, it will be very intriguing to see uh, if they can keep up this level of play. And John is frozen, which is why I'm talking right now. Um so we'll see if he ever comes yeah, Chuck, back. You're here. also you're cutting in and out constantly, and we're clearly on a big delay. So let's just power through these. Oh, oh, good. I was the one that I was the one. So that Charlie's gone. There. Uh, for those of you keeping score at home. Oh, I was the one that disconnected there. Yes. Okay, that's correct. That was that was my fault. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, what I was saying was, um, which I think probably is what you were saying. Um, Gary seems looked great through first two weeks. I'm, I will be it's very interested to see um, if they keep it up at that level. 
Um, but yeah, he really only got one weak guy in his lineup, and that's Pacheco. And if that's your worst problem, that that's a pretty good problem to have. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, also, Chuck, what I was saying was uh, that we are clearly on a big delay, and you keep cutting in and out for me. Uh, so let's power through these last couple. Yeah. Um, moving on to uh, the Paul versus Zach game. Uh, I'm going with Paul. Don't even need to look at the. Don't even need to look at the rosters. Going with Paul on this one. Um, I do not think Zach's team is good. I will. I will keep saying okay. this. I do not think this team is good. Um. So, enough said there. Paul's team's not very good either, but I like yeah, <laughs> some of his guys better than Zach's. So. No, you don't. <laughs> I do. I, I very much do. Um. No, I will be I will be taking uh, Zach here uh, for non petty reasons. Um, I guess I can actually look at the rosters briefly. I don't think that Zach has an unbeatable team, but Rashad White has actually played weirdly good, and honestly, to my immense surprise, so has uh, James Conner. They both looked really good. I think Addison he got a steal there, and uh, Shahid has been weirdly like a focal point in a, of a Saints offense that features two like really good receivers. So I. I do think that Zach, I don't think he's going to be unstoppable, but he'll be enough to beat Paul. Um, going to head to Diggs My Own Grave and Hot Dog Sutton, the Ben versus Alex matchup next. Um, I got to look at the, what is it? Wow. Oh, okay. Saquon Barkley's out. Ben hasn't put him as a wide. Yeah, Ben, ben so has not well. replaced him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he also has being said, Ben has no answers on the, the bench yeah, at the moment either. That being said, yeah, I don't know who's going to replace him with. Um, so I think Alex wins this one, um, if not because his team is very good, but because um, Ben's team is quite bad. Um, and so, so we'll go with that. Um, Alex's team got a lot of guys that could play well and could also fall off a cliff. You know, so we'll mm-hmm. kind of see how he go, how he goes going forward. But for this week, especially with no Saquon Barkley, um, I think Alex takes this one. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree. Uh, I do think while Alex does not know the names of any of his players, they are pretty good, top to bottom. He's got like a very solid team. He actually has Kyron Williams in the starting lineup this time, which yeah. helps. Um, and yeah, really, Ben was getting um. Ben was getting a lot of production out of Saquon early. Um, and I mean, Allen and Diggs are really good, but I just, there's not a lot else on Ben's team to uh, save him from Saquon uh, going down. Like there's not like someone where you can sort of say like, okay, well, if this guy has a little bit of an uptick, it can cover for Saquon. I don't think Ben's got that guy. So yeah, I, I think this is going to be a tough stretch for him. And so I'm, I'm going to roll with Alex. Um, in an equally quick fashion, we can go to the Mike Bryan game. Um, yeah. <laughs> with the rare exception of Bijan Robinson, and to this point, Tua over Joe Burrow, there's not a single guy on Bryan's team that I like more than the opposing guy on Mike's team. Um, yep. Like, I'll, I'll take Bijan Robinson over Kenneth Walker, and I guess I'll take Tua over Burrow to this point from a fantasy perspective. But outside of that, every guy on Mike's team is better than 
the guy on Brian's team, and I think Mike wins this one pretty easily. Montgomery's also going to probably miss this game. Uh, he's definitely going to miss this game. Yeah. And similar to Ben, uh, I don't know who Brian's going to put in in his place. So, Well, here's the thing about that, Charlie, and this is what I'm really excited for. I don't know if anyone noted it, but Brian did the classic. Um, he had Jerry Judy in his IR spot, who is healthy now. Um, but Brian did the classic punt maneuver where as long as you don't make a roster move, you can leave a guy in the IR spot as long as you want. Yes. Because of Montgomery, he is now forced to, uh, but obviously, so he kind of needs to wait and hope that Montgomery gets ruled out early. So then he can like do a little gymnastics to get everything uh, settled because the one real flaw in Brian's strategy of drafting several guys that were going to miss time at the beginning of the season was that if one guy got hurt, he had no backups to fall back on because they're all suspended. Um, The, the, The best thing about the IR spot is that you can't put suspended suspended guys there. That's my favorite mm-hmm. thing about the IR spot. And that they are so you gotta sit them on your bench. We have a short bench already. And so yeah. Two suspended guys. Here's my question. Um can you swap two guys straight into the IR spot? Because I wouldn't be surprised if ESPN had some inane rule where you can't like Brian can't switch Jerry Judy with David Montgomery. He has to put Jerry Judy up, drop a guy, and then put Montgomery in, and then try to reclaim I, that guy. I believe that is how it works. Um, if I go to try to manage my own IR, yeah, you have to activate the IR. So let me try to activate. Hold on, let me see this. A little yeah, can you just here. swap it? Yeah, you, so, so you have to activate, drop, and then put a guy in the IR spot. <laughs> So, Brian, after all of this work to keep Anthony Richardson and uh, Jalen Warren, I guess I'll have to drop Jer- Drake London, who I don't know, someone could pick up. <laughs> like it's Or Alvin yeah. Kamara, or Jameson. Eh, maybe it's Jameson Williams, who might be bad even when he comes back. Um, yeah, Brian's got a uh, an issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brian's team's already not good, and he really just- painting himself into a corner with this one. So we'll see what he does. And there's going to be a guy on waivers. Um, Who Brian doesn't want av- there. <laughs> av- available. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, all right. Uh, so who does that make? Oh, okay. This <laughs> That leaves the marquee matchup as the, the, I'm willing to call this a loser leaves town game. In yeah, week three hello. Because. The winner, the loser of this game, will move to 0-3. And I'm assuming both Mike and or Garrison are going to win their games. Um, puts them three back already in their own division. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I don't foresee... I mean, Mike and Garrison are going to be pretty tough to, to run down. Yeah. So you may already be looking at a non-division winner situation with the loser of this game. Which is why it's it's a little early because injuries can still happen. Obviously, we just saw a huge injury on Monday Night Football, so you never know how it could play out. But this is going to be a very tough hole to dig yourself out of uh, with the loser of this game. I'm going to have to go with you, John, mm-hmm. for kind of a similar trend here. Is that now we check what's the waiver order? 
Kyle is first. I'm second. Okay, so Kyle's gonna get Jerome Ford. Right. I would assume if he remembers to do waivers this week. Yeah. So I'm assuming Kyle's getting Kyle's getting Jerome Ford. So he will have a viable running back in there. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I don't see a lot of options for Kyle's team. Miles Sanders not been good so far. Um, Jamar Chase has to pick it up, and he he will. Jamar Chase will he pick will. it up. But outside of that, I really don't think Kyle has a lot of point options sitting elsewhere. And your team, you've got guys like Aaron Jones, Mr. Game. He'll be back. He'll be really good when he comes back. Josh Jacobs will – I think the, the Raiders will get better, or at least he yeah. will get better. Um, I mean, both teams are not without their flaws, but – now with Nick Chubb being out and Calgon having to rely on probably Jerome Ford or if not him, another waiver running back most likely. Um, I think for this week at the very least, uh, you're going to take it and Kyle's going to go to 0-3 and be in a pretty tough spot. Yeah, I, I'm also taking myself. I think it really comes down to if Aaron Jones doesn't play, then this becomes a very dicey situation um, for me. Because uh, it's it's a hamstring injury, so it, it the results vary pretty continuously from he could be back this week with absolutely no issues, or he could be on a pitch count and barely play, or he could miss the game altogether and the next three. So, I don't know. Um, also, he's, when, he's, when he's healthy, uh, a very integral part of the Packers offense, because yeah. uh, he did not play... And the Packers looked like a completely different team without him out there. Yeah. So and AJ Dillon also did not. There was a lot of expectation that AJ Dillon was going to step in and kind of blow the the lid off of everybody. And he, I think he had like eight points. I think seven. Like yeah. Yeah. Like not not good. Um, that being said, John, one thing I do want to alert you to is um, OBJ is now talking with Kim Kardashian. Oh my! Kardashian, no. The, and of course, the Kardashian curse remains the only undefeated curse left in sports so are you fucking kidding me all right yeah, they're, ta- they're um, talking they're, the actual quote was they are getting to know each other well i don't think brandon cooks is maybe he he sprained his mcl though so fuck me all right um i'm still picking me but god fucking damn it yeah so uh maybe 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 a short term nothing long term not good type of thing for OBJ, but we'll see. Um, okay. Well, so we got our picks in. So uh, just to recap, uh, Chuck, you took yourself, Gary, Paul, Alex, Mike, and me. And then I took Colin, Gary, Zach, Alex, Mike, and myself. Um, so just okay. a little bit of variation, which I think is good. Um, yes. This will be interesting. Uh, all right. Well, that'll about do it for us here. Um, Chuck, do you have any last thoughts for the, the folks back home? Super Bowl, Super Browns. <laughs> all right. You heard it here first. Um, okay. Well, uh, yeah, that'll do it uh, here for us. I forget how I sign off these things. Uh, that'll do it here for us. And uh, make sure everybody checks back next week for um, – next week's episode i do plan to continue doing this um i just was lazy last week and had colin fill in for me uh so uh i will be back we will be back um so make sure to uh keep your eyes and ears open Uh, but until then peace
I forgot that I had to stop the video. Let us say 